Dong. Please keep all hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times because we are broadcasting from the furthest reaches of space. Welcome to Trivia Escape Pod. I am your host, Julia Sorensen. And I am your host, Ross White. It's January 28th, 2020, and we are searching for a hospitable planet. But in the meantime, we have trivia questions about boy bands, the NBA, study abroad, and a movie franchise no one's heard of called Star Wars. What's a Star War? I have no idea. Is that a war between celebrities? I am almost certain that it is. Good. I want to see James Franco face Betty White. James Franco, you will lose. Yes, undoubtedly. We'll be asking trivia questions in four rounds to test your knowledge and occasionally your creative thinking. Trivi. Trivia escape pod, just go ahead now. All right, that is a callback to the OG Doctor Spin. Uh, we just wanted to uh, really appreciate him. Like that, that was probably our favorite one of his so far. Um, but yeah, he's just uh, a great dietary dose of happiness and fiber. You know, we're still on the lookout for like a permanent theme song, but we got to come back and revisit some of the gems that our listeners have sent Truly us. Truly a gem. Oh, Dr. Spin. That actually, I think, was the first listener submitted theme song. I'm fairly certain it was. Yeah. yeah weird throwback. We've already made so many episodes. I'm proud of us. I am too, because who the hell thought we would last this long? Honestly. Thank you guys for listening to us. This week, we are surrounded by catalogs. We're surrounded by envelopes with those little uh, transparent windows in them. We're surrounded by all kinds of crap because Engineer Rachel has pranked us. Yeah, uh, I think it was more of a prank meant for us, but she has signed him up for Space AARP. Well, I mean, she's put us on like every mailing list possible, but Space AARP has spent far more dollars delivering mail to our pod. Also, until now, I did not know we could get mail on the pod. I was about to ask, like, how do they know our address? How do they ship it to us? Because we are floating indefinitely. Yeah, and you know what? We're only awake on Tuesdays. We are in our stasis beds the other six days a week. And what I've noticed is we never see the mailman, which means probably in space, Tuesday is Sunday for the USPS. Or... Rachel is the head of space AARP, so she doesn't need to ship them. She probably just has like a whole news, uh, news, I mean, mailing office downstairs. Look, if Rachel is the head of space AARP, I am pleased to have engineer Rachel lobbying on my behalf. <laughs> you old spaceman. Well, because thus far, everything she has tried to do, like everything she's set her mind to doing, she's done very, very well. She is very efficient with her pranks. I will give her that. Like yeah. she thinks things through. Now... I am delighted by this whole Space AARP prank, though, because I just saved a bundle on my auto insurance. <laughs> Rachel, you pranked us by benefiting us. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I insured the pod. So if the pod <laughs> is in an accident, like if we're floating through space and we happen to hit another pod, not a big deal. Why would we ever run into another pod? How often does that happen? Uh, you know, it based on the vastness of space and the desolation with which we are faced, Day in, day out, you would think it hardly ever happens, and yet it seems to happen once a week. Oh, look, a pod. I think there's something on the radar. Oh, no. I think we just rear-ended it. Oh, shit. Um, get out your insurance card. Right. Um, so I'll perform the docking maneuver. Hopefully they don't sue us. I'll analyze the passenger manifest. Opening the airlock. And, oh, look, our guest today that we definitely did not rear-end is uh, business student, dank meme creator, and former logistics officer for the U.S. Army. Please welcome Joe Steigman. Oh, hey, uh, you rear-ended my starship, so I need to come on board here and talk about you guys covered uh, insurance-wise. No hablo ingles. No yeah, we're, uh, we're not at fault because um, we were not the drivers of the pod. That's true. We really don't drive this. We're kind of just nope. here for the ride, the our, literal ride. Our cat is involved with all of the navigations. Here he is right now if you want to if you would like to talk to him. Well, I'm really more interested. You know, you can't just blame Spock for, you know, your starship accidents. It's really, you know, that's not a good defense when you go back to your spaceship insurance company to say, "Oh, well, I just let my cat drive." 
How did you know ship. his name was Spock if you're not in cahoots with him? Oh, see, here's the thing. I've actually been trying to find you, so this is kind of a happy coincidence that <laughs> we literally crashed into each other just a moment ago. You see, your escape pod has, in fact, been broadcasting out into the space, into the galaxy. Oh, shit, people have been hearing yes. us? Not only, yeah, well, you get mail. You're not that hard to find. True, very true. And... There are just some things that are worth following up, and I had to come find you. I had to go run you down through space <laughs> to talk about. So I don't. So, so you've you've just unrolled a scroll that's about fourteen <clears throat> feet long. Is this your list of grievances with? Yes. The no one escapes the space inquisition. <laughs> no one escapes the escape pod inquisition. All I right. Like so it. tell us a little bit about what you're concerned about. Yes, so in a previous cast, we had, or specifically, you had described, you know, comparing being invisible and flight, and that the equivalent of slow flight was, therefore, slow invisibility, and and that is very incorrect, sir. (laughs) What? So, you know, I, I I am one of the world's foremost experts on this, I... You know, I ask this to a lot of people. Was this in your training as logistics for the army? No, this is just something. <laughs> this is why I was not very good at my job. I was more consumed with these types of questions. Than also, like, if this was part of his army training, he couldn't tell us because if the army has slow invisibility, it is classified. <laughs> okay, so we don't have slow invisibility. It's just clearly not a thing. And like, I don't even know. Like, is this just in your mind? Does the person becoming invisible very slowly? Yes. So it's just the same power, except it doesn't activate yeah. as fast. Okay, just look at me. Look at me. Do you see me? Okay, now I'm going to become very slowly invisible. I am becoming invisibly invisible so slowly, you cannot even tell. For 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 those of you who can't see, Ross is just being as still as possible like and not Drax. actually yes, <laughs> not, not actually becoming invisible because clearly no, I'm just doing the, it really really slowly. <laughs> just put a bag of chips in his so hand. You've got yeah. <laughs> it is so slow; it is imperceptible to your eyes, Joe. So I don't. I, I think we should move on from this grievance. <laughs> <laughs> what else is on your list? Now I had also heard, you know, when Abigail was here. Now Abigail, we are uh, our well, little ghost scissoring. I guess we should yeah. tell our listeners that uh, Joe is one of the most frequent players at our live show. He is possibly the loudest booer in the bar. You're welcome. And it is very easy, therefore, to turn the entire bar against him because Julia and I have microphones during the shows and Joe does not. But I am loud. That's how I kind of make up for it. And generally, the crowd is with me. That's not true, but go on. Okay, so Abi- yeah. Abigail was here. Yeah, Abigail was here, and we are, you know, I don't want to call her my nemesis because I just don't <laughs> want to give her that credit, but she is a person that I know, and I heard, at least she told me, that you did not want to bring both of us on here together because you were afraid for my well-being. And That's I, true. I find that very offensive. I can handle myself. Joe, we've watched Abigail emasculate you at live show after live show at Linda's. Well, if the, if you know, if the standard for emasculating someone is just yelling in the, at the them very loudly constantly then i have emasculated you by booing at you for so many so so many weeks at a time you have emasculated me in so many other ways (laughs) also true so i think we've come to a consensus here that's fair i'm okay with okay so we can check that one off of your list did you have other things these were the two main okay i'm I'm glad you could get those off your chest (laughs) so it's just the (laughs) remainder of the 14 page scroll is just technical notes for those yes i'm incredibly petty i have literally traveled across space to find you to tell you these two things. (laughs) (laughs) So, Joe, you uh, served in the Army for a while, and I suspect that there are some insane stories, some of which you would actually even be allowed to tell. Tell us one of the strangest things that happened to you while you served. Ooh, that's a great question. So, strange story. I don't know if it's strange. It is, however, hilarious. We were, you know, I was a logistics guy. I was in a truck company. So a lot of times we're on top of these trucks tying things down. We had one. Invisible things? They, I mean, they turned invisible so slowly that they were mostly visible throughout the duration of their Man, I hope the Russians never find out we have that technology. (laughs) Well, wait a few years and they will finally be invisible and then they can't find it. (laughs) But um, we had a guy who was on top of a truck. He fell off and then. You know, he, you know, it's got to be shocking. So he wanted to go to the aid station. So he walked to the aid station. He then laid down flat on the ground 
and said, I am paralyzed. And he insisted that he was paralyzed for hours. And then he, it was to After a point. walking? To yeah, he walked to the aid station and then insisted he was paralyzed. Um, we eventually had to like get people to carry him on a stretcher back to our tent where he continued to insist in front of the medics that he was paralyzed when we were like, we saw you walking. <laughs> now, it was extremely ridiculous. I will give him credit because to test this, you know, they'll put a needle in your foot to see if you react to it. And they did that. And he held it. He just continued to pretend to be paralyzed oh my God. this duration of the thing. And then the medics told us, like, well, you know, this is if we think he's paralyzed, then we're gonna wanna like keep him warm through the night. So someone's gonna have to strip his clothes and put him in a sleeping bag. And I was like, hard pass. Hard, hard pass. <laughs> so this is not a job the medics will do for themselves. No, they were yeah. <laughs> They're like, he's your friend. Yeah, every <laughs> you're we, looking at his dong. We think yeah, we think of the military as very like, you know, camaraderie type organization, but in this instance we're like, nah, none of us are touching that. <laughs> like we good. <laughs> Well, Joe, here are the rules for trivia today. We've got a pen and paper for you. We're going to ask you some questions. Our intelligence scanners will give you points for each answer you get right. And our AI has a sense of humor. In addition to correct answers, that artificial intelligence that powers the pod will be giving you points for answers that are so wrong that they make us laugh. We'll ask you all the questions for a round to give the listeners time to think about their own answers, and then we'll check in with you to see how you did. We'll do that at least for rounds one and two. Round three, we're going to try something a little bit new on the pod. Exciting. Yeah. Round one is a general knowledge round, and each correct answer in this round will be worth 50 points. You ready, Joe? Let's do it. Number one. In 1994, Oksana Biol edged out which famously injured American for figure skating gold and which skater was behind the plot to injure her? We learned about this in my history of the Olympics class at UNC. You had a history of the Olympics class? Yes, and it was the probably the best class I've ever taken. Oh, that was man. outside of my major. I bet that was incredible. The like, teacher was so engaging. It was just great storytelling. And uh, we learned about like pretty much the start of the modern Olympics. And like the first marathon that was instituted people weren't used to running that long of distances so like nobody knew how to train for it everyone like almost nearly fucking died um the guy who they thought won took a cab <laughs> he hopped in a cab and then when it got to like a mile before the finish line he was like oh you you can stop here this is fine and then he ran the mile and then they thought he won until someone in the audience was like yo uh that guy just took ye old uber <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross, you want to take number two? Here are some flu questions, Joe, and it's a three-part question. 2A, according to historian Mark Humphreys, in which country did the Spanish flu originate? 2B, H5N1 is the most common form of which kind of flu? And 2C, according to the CDC, how hot must a person's body temperature be to be classified as having a fever? Mm, interesting question. God, I just got over a cold. Uh, yeah, if you guys can't tell, I'm not stuffed up anymore. That cold wiped me out. I suspect it's because Engineer Rachel sent you off to the space clinic last week. She said you were running errands, but <laughs> I think she sent you to space urgent care. She wanted to decontaminate me. She didn't want to be near my germs. All right, uh, number three, Joe. According to the Economist Intelligence Unit's 2019 Worldwide Cost of Living Survey... I want you to name one of the three most expensive cities to live in the world. If you can get the other two as well, you'll get some extra points there. But mainly, we just want at least one. And these are Earth cities, Joe. I recognize you're in space now and may be tempted to say, you know, I'm a world traveled man, you know. Yeah. yeah oh, you, indeed. Isn't there supposed to be like a city called Rome in every continent and then a. Uh, Probably a space colony on Mars will probably be called Rome. That'd be dope. <laughs> if Rome is the first Mars colony, I would love that. Question number four. I'll name a song. You tell me the boy band who performed it. I feel like we are right in your wheelhouse, Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is... Let's let's get into this. <laughs> Legend at the music round. Joe, you got that boy band charm. You're fine. <laughs> so here are the songs. 4A is Bye Bye Bye. 4B... What makes you beautiful? 
4C, I want it that way. And 4D, blood, sweat, and tears. Ross, were you were you into the boy band crazes? I uh, no, I was like a little metal kid, <laughs> and the boy band of my era was the New Kids on the Block, which you didn't miss much. Well, I mean, Donnie Wahlberg has gone on to have the greatest career mm. of any actor ever. True, that one's true. The Sixth Sense and Blue Bloods. Come on, the two modern classics. <laughs> I'm so proud of that Franken Sixth Sense joke I made a while back. I was thinking about that theater. I was like, yes. Yeah, Joe, you didn't have a grievance for that one. No, that was good. <laughs> that was quality. I'll I enjoyed that. that. That's a big compliment coming from you. All right, number five. These are some questions about the Star Wars. Uh, we've got three parts here. So 5A. In Star Wars, Darth Vader's famous line, Luke, I am your father, is actually incorrect. What did he actually say instead? 5B, which two characters does Han Solo fall in love with in the Star Wars movies? Not including Ross's fanfic where he falls in love with him. It's good fanfic. Come on, man. <laughs> it was well written. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, That's what you get for being a creative writing I've replaced. I have replaced Chewbacca with Spock in my fanfic. Good. Yep. Chewbacca is right. like a porg to Spock's <laughs> Wookiee. Um, and 5C, true or false, Obi-Wan Kenobi first said, may the force be with you in Star Wars. Which, uh, did I tell you recently that Ryan and I just watched Indiana Jones Temple of Doom for the first time? And in the scene where they're in a, like a nightclub in China, the club is called Obi-Wan. I totally missed that. I laughed really hard. I was like, that's cute. I like it. That's a little something for the nerds. I liked it. Question number six, Joe, is a little bit of skinny trivia, and it's a three-part question. 6A, how many pounds of skin does the average person shed in a lifetime? Is it one pound, five pounds, ten pounds, or forty pounds? 6B, I want you to name the three layers of skin. And don't just name them like Earl, Johnny, and Cliff. You got to tell me the actual <laughs> names of the three layers of skin. You don't name your skin? 6C, which part of your body has the driest skin if you live in a cold climate? Do we, do I, we... I promise it's a PG-13 answer, Joe. <laughs> I promise. Do we shed skin in space? Does it just like stay to our bodies with no gravity? Given how much cat hair circulates around the pot, I would assume that there are flecks of skin, but... We just don't notice them because we're constantly being forced to breathe in. Man, we are balls. we are disgusting. It's it's getting vile out here <laughs> in the pod. Uh, I noticed that uh, when I looked at Joe's pod through the airlock, it was okay. It was don't a little be eyeing dented. my pod. It was, <laughs> it was a little dented in the trunk, sure, but uh, it was immaculate. Yeah, I'm a very fastidious person. It's a sweet looking, sweet looking ride. So. Uh, Joe, you ready to go over your answers? You think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number one in 1994, Oksana Bayul. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Edged out which famously injured American for uh, gold figure skating and which skater was behind the plot to injure her? I believe the figure skater she edged out was Nancy Kerrigan. Correct. And the skater that injured her, allegedly, Tanya Harding. Ooh. And I just want to try something. Joe, name another figure skater. Michelle Kwan. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Who's that dude that was on The Masked Singer season two? Because him. He's one. Yeah, that didn't that didn't help your case. No. Jules. There, I'm just like, there's one that exists that I, is alive. I want to give you props though, because the pronunciation police is so often after us. But I'm pretty sure Oksana Bayul, you said it exactly right. Sweet. Yep. The, the Space Inquisition will let that pass. That's good. Fine. Question number two are flu questions. Two A, according to historian Mark Humphreys, in which country did Spanish flu originate? Uh, so I assumed it wouldn't be Spain. So I just decided we're going to blame Portugal. <laughs> I, you know, that is good foreign policy, but unfortunately, the Spanish flu originated in China. Mm. Uh, 2B, H5N1 is the most common form of which flu? I wanted to say avian flu. That is correct. Bird, Bird flu, flu yeah. is right, yeah. 
to see, according to the CDC, how hot must a person's body temperature be to be classified as having a fever? I want to say 101 degrees. That is so close. It's 38 Celsius or 100.4 Fahrenheit. 100.4. Go to work. You're fine. Uh, I'm sorry. We round down on this podcast and not up. So So uh, step back, Steigman. Kids kids who are listening, if you're trying to stay home from school and you're doing that old trick to warm up a thermometer, aim for 100.4. And if your temperature is reading 108, you're... That you've got to bring that down because that means you're dead. <laughs> it's not a. You're definitely not going to school. <laughs> Turn down the hair dryer. And if you've got a temperature of 103, you have the fever mentioned in the foreigner song "Hot Blooded." Correct. All right, number three. According to the Economist Intelligence Unit's 2019 Worldwide Cost of Living Survey, name one of the three most expensive cities to live in the world. Had a few guesses here. Want to go with Tokyo? Nope. Oh. Uh, do you have any other guesses you want to toss out? Uh, New York City. Strangely enough, no. Yeah. I'm not even going to know. What's the answer now? <laughs> uh, we would have accepted Paris. Oh, that was my next oh, guess. Oh, no. No. <laughs> we would have accepted Paris, Hong Kong, or Singapore. Mm. Question number four. I'll name a song. You tell me the boy band who performed it. And, Joe, I'm going to ask you to curb your enthusiasm and not name every individual member of that band i know you want to i i did quite the opposite actually i took the one boy band that i knew and i answered them every single time <laughs> oh, great all right so so 4a is bye 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 and so the one boy band that i know is in sync that is correct you got it yes. right the first one <laughs> all right 4b what makes you beautiful also in sync. That is one direction. 4C. In sync. I want it that way as the Backstreet Boys. And 4D. In sync. Blood, Sweat, and Tears is by BTS. This is BS is what that is. <laughs> this is the in sync inquisition. <laughs> Number five, your Star Wars questions. 5A. In Star Wars, Darth Vader's famous line, Luke, I am your father, is actually incorrect. What does he actually say instead? Luke, it's past your bedtime. <laughs> Mm, no. Uh, also, it's not, Luke, you don't have a fever, you're going to school. Uh, it is, no, I am your father. Oh. Uh, so it was a small change. A small, uh, a small it was a small change, change which is what we were going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5B, which two characters does Han Solo fall in love with in the Star Wars movies? One is Leia. Yes. The other is clearly C-3PO. There's a lot of chemistry going on The there. best fanfic. Sorry, Ross, that one wins. Um... Ross, can you help me out here? I don't know how to pronounce this character's name. It's Kira is the other oh, one, and that is from Solo, A Star Wars Story. That is story. simpler than I thought oh, it would be with yeah. that, that was a movie. That was a movie. <laughs> that, that happened. Um, I and think then... if you put Amelia Clark in any franchise, she kills it. Oh, was that her character? That was her character. Oh. Um, and then 5C, true or false, Obi-Wan Kenobi first said, may the force be with you in Star Wars. So I said False. That is correct. False. That line is actually first said by a rebel general. Oh. Yeah. Nicely done. Here are your skinny trivia questions. 6A. How many pounds of skin does the average person shed in a lifetime? I hope it's 40 pounds because that would be so gross. Yep. You're correct. Oh, humans are so gross. We're fucking disgusting. 6B. What are the three layers of skin? Um, Dermis, epidermis, uma thermis. <laughs> Uh, you oh, had I, I totally clipped the mic, but oh my god, that was perfect. The third one is hypodermis. No, I, I, you look at a textbook, Ross. <laughs> We're giving him credit for that one. The AI's flashing a big I am, happy face. I have this textbook right in front of me, written by Quentin Tarantino, and he says you're correct. Excellent. <laughs> see which part of your body has the driest skin if you live in a cold climate. Now, I don't know if I just learned this in middle school and it's totally wrong, but I said weenus, like that part on your elbow that always gets super dry. That would have been my guess as well, but that's actually incorrect. Mm. The area that has the fewest oil glands and therefore gets the driest in a cold climate is your lower legs. Mm. Yeah, go figure. Julia, what is the AI telling us that Joe's score is after one round? Uh, You are flushing up 500 points for round one. Doing pretty dang good. Well, we get into a new quadrant of space if you can only hit 1,000 points. And based on your usual performance at our live shows, this is as good as it gets. This is it. (laughs) This is it. I am tapped out. 
before you started answering questions, Julia and I very quietly wrote down on slips of paper what we thought your total score for the day would be. Oh. Uh, she said 500, so she thinks you're done. I wrote nine. So you've already vastly yeah, exceeded thanks. expectations. Thanks. You know what? I don't even want to help you get to a new quadrant space. I just have a fender bender on my ship. You guys are screwed. That dent was there before. Listen, we're, we're going to wait for a space tow truck and maybe the space cops to come take a report. You're going to answer questions about the NBA in our NBA Ooh. round. Number one, the only active player in the NBA's top 20 all-time rebound leaders is a member of the Los Angeles Lakers right now. Who is he? It's me. Well, you're it is me. almost as tall. <laughs> I, have, I have beaten Ryan at basketball. No, we Your do. 6'10 fiance? Yes, we do have a tie to break, though, because this weekend we were playing some Connect Four basketball at an arcade. And we played two rounds, and we each won a round. So we got to break that tie. Yeah, you do. Connect Four basketball is so fun. That might be the first great tension of your relationship is who wins that game. That and how to load the dishwasher. That's the only thing we struggle about. Heidi and I fight about how to load the dishwasher, too. Because Ryan has such a precise system. I'm like, eh, if so it's So does Heidi. <laughs> it scares me how much alike you and I are and how much alike our, our spouses, spouses are. are. <laughs> Ooh, I can say spouse now, kind of, technically. <laughs> um, number two, which four American Basketball Association teams went to the NBA when the leagues merged in 1976? I know none of this. I don't know the sport ball. I think you got to be a little bit of an NBA nerd for that, but I'm going to go even further back with question number three. Joe, I'm going to give you a list of cities. Three of these have never, ever, ever had an NBA team. You tell me which three. Here's your list. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Corpus Christi, Texas, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Cleveland, Providence, Rhode Island, Toledo, Waterloo, Iowa, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Kansas City, San Diego, and Rochester, New York. Uh, can I just say I love the name Sheboygan? I didn't know that place existed. Oh, yeah. So this is which four have never had a which, which three? Which three? Yeah, have never had an NBA team. Mm. Yeah. As you can probably guess, some of these had teams in the very early days of the NBA. <laughs> in ye old times. All right, and number four, only one member of the 1992 U.S. Olympic team, also known as the Dream Team, is not in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. That lone loser was also one of the most hated Duke players ever. Who was he besides Grayson Allen? Okay, Grayson Allen might be the most hated Duke player. He doesn't I, play there anymore, does he? Did he graduate? No, he did graduate. Mm -hmm. Or rather, he is no longer there. Correct. I mean, whether or not that kid got a degree, Tom Cruise-looking motherfucker. Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a totally different person. <laughs> I was about to say, like, wait, oh, what? Oh, man. <laughs> I get the two confused. <laughs> Tom Cruise and Ted Cruz. Yeah, easy mistake. Uh, so, Joe, what you have to understand <laughs> is that we are a podcast that hates Duke University. Ah. Deeply. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> deeply. Number five, what is the highest uniform number being worn in the NBA this season? And what is the highest uniform number allowed in college basketball? What? What permits, like, the number that it can go up to? I didn't know there was a limit. We'll talk about this when we hear Joe's answer. Yeah, I would like to learn more about this. I will this. say... No, no, no. Go, go ahead. That, uh, <laughs> as a UniWatch nerd, this kind of stuff fascinates me. I love sports uniforms. And Paul Lucas, I don't know if you have ever read any of his stuff. Nope. Writes the best columns about like the minutiae of different uniform choices. I think it's the coolest thing in the I world. I actually would like to learn about that. But first, we're going to number six. Which TV commentator was known during his playing career as the round mound of rebound? I don't know if I would ever want round in my nickname. That just sounds insulting. I, I think it was a little bit meant to be. Ah, yeah. I see. Joe, let's find out your answers. Question number one, the only active player in the NBA's top 20 all-time rebound leaders is a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Who is he? 
LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, nah. Fortunately, it was Dwight Howard. Boo. Close enough. <laughs> Number two, which four American Basketball Association teams went to the NBA when the leagues merged in 1976? Mm. So, 76ers? <laughs> nope. That's a great guess, but no. it's not right. Yeah. Um, Atlanta Hawks? Oh, wow. Those were the two that I thought were the best chances for me. <laughs> what are your uh, two? Next two are Pacers and Knicks. Uh, Pacers, yes. Oh, wow. The four were the Denver Nuggets, the San Antonio Spurs, the Indiana Pacers, and the New York Nets, who are now the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. I just really love that there's a team called the Denver Nuggets. Please tell me they just eat like chicken nuggets constantly. That's why they named the team that. That is 100% correct. I like it. Number uh, three, we gave you a list of cities. You had to tell us which one has never, I'm sorry, which three have never had an NBA team. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Corpus Christi, Texas, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Cleveland, Providence, Rhode Island, Toledo, Waterloo, Iowa, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Kansas City, San Diego, and Rochester, New York. All right. Cheyenne. Cheyenne yes. has never had one. All right. Next, Sheboygan. Sadly, no, though I do love that name. What was do you do you know their team name by chance? I don't, no. but I bet we could find it out at our break. And Waterloo. Waterloo has actually it's the only city in Iowa that has ever had one of the four major professional wow. league uh, sports league teams. The three cities that have never had one are Cheyenne, Wyoming, Toledo, Ohio, and Corpus Christi, Texas. Gotcha. Uh also the Sheboygan team was the Redskins. Well, that's not racist. No. Oh, wow. Their logo's bad. Their logo's very out of touch. Let's just move on. (laughs) Oh, great. So Here we go. (laughs) So we're basically going from a racist basketball team to the most hated basketball player of the 90s. Good streak. Good streak going. Only one member of the 1992 U.S. Olympic team, also known as the Dream Team, is not in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. That lone loser was also one of the most hated Duke players ever. Who was he? So I know you hate Duke a lot. I don't know Duke basketball well enough to, for that to help me. But I put Ron Artest. Oh, no. that is Is that the guy who became Meta World Peace? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For, certainly. <laughs> the correct answer was Christian Leitner. He was yeah. the only college player on that dream team. Hmm, interesting. Uh, number five, what is the highest uniform, num- uh, highest uniform number worn in the NBA this season? And what is the highest uniform number allowed in college basketball? So I've got two guesses. NBA, highest number, 75. Nope. The highest number there is 99. Oh, I just crossed out 99 to put that. Wow. So That's sad. Great. And then uh, for the second part of this question, I obviously put 69 because you could not contain a college crowd if that was allowed. Mm, interesting logic (laughs) so in college basketball in order to call fouls for some reason the referees need to be able to signal only numbers using their hands so the highest number allowed is five five oh yeah until they have six-fingered refs coming um gattaca (laughs) coming soon uh number six which tv commentator was known during his playing career as the round mound of rebound I put Porky Pig as seen in the Space Jam. Ooh, a good answer. A good answer. But we were looking for Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. He's a very round-looking person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, after that NBA round, you have 600 points to your name, my dude. All right. Doing great. Still exceeding expectations of nine points. You've already, yeah, you've already blown our guesses out of the water. And now seems like a really good time for us to take a short break and try to restore any of Joe's self-confidence after we told him how poorly he, we thought he was going to do. Stick around. We'll be back with more Trivia Escape Pod. Ta-da! Trivia, Trivia Escape Pod. Just go ahead now. And we're back with more Trivia Escape Pod. And guys, if you like our show, please help us out by leaving us a review or telling a friend to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or uh, TriviaEscapePod.com. Every review matters for a little podcast like ours. We're trying to grow like a little seed. So give us a shout, pretty please. Joe, our next round is a this or that round. It's been concocted specifically for you, 
by our artificial intelligence, and our AI is flashing up a note that says, please make Joe feel bad about himself. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Your AI has developed more than a sense of humor now. Yeah, so here's how it's going to work. We are going to give you two possible categories, and each clue is going to fit in only one of those categories. You have to tell us, is it this or is it that? Now, normally, we give you a lot of time to think by reading all the questions, and then we check back in with you. But for this round, oh no, you've got to answer immediately. Lightning round. So listeners, get on your toes, answer along with Joe, but if you get it wrong, we are supposed to insult you as well. All right. Uh, number one, you want me to take it away? Go for it. All right. Is this a Rolling Stones song or the name of a dental office? Uh, 1A, Little Red Rooster. Dental office. Wrong. Uh, Abigail has nicer teeth than you. Rude. <laughs> uh, 1B, uh, she smiled sweetly. Rolling Stones. Yes. Uh, Little Pearls. Dentist office. Correct. Shine a light. Rolling Stones. Correct. Dr. Teeth. Dental office. Yes. All right. So only one insult hurled. Number two, is this an uncommon instrument or a natural health company, Joe? And by uncommon instrument, we're talking about musical instruments. Here we go. Afria. Natural health. Kodo. Natural health. No, it's an uncommon instrument. Joe, you should pluck between your eyebrows more often. <laughs> I expect more from you in this round. Helicon. Uncommon instrument. Yes. Celesta. Natural health. No, you should have been kneecapped by Tanya Harding. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you said you <laughs> wanted very more. violent. That's too much, Ross. Cora. Uncommon instrument. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Oh, hang on. I need a minute after that one. <laughs> I can see the pain in your face when I get it right and you don't get an opportunity to insult me. <laughs> All right. Is this a Mozart quote or a line from HBO's Girls? Uh, first one, I pay no attention whatever to uh, anybody's praise or blame. I simply follow my own feelings. Mozart. Yes. Uh, when I... Oops, sorry, marking that. Uh, when I see that person despises me and treats me with content, I can be as proud as any peacock. Girls. Uh, no, uh, you uncultured swine. <laughs> um, I hate it when people are early. It's so vile. Mozart. No, that is a line no. from girls. Um, go watch an anime, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'd say in some ways he's the most mature person I've ever met. In other ways, he's not yet been born. Mozart. That is also a line from Girls, surprisingly profound, uh, <laughs> unlike uh, unlike you. Well, that was pretty good. Ooh, I that, yeah, I felt that a little bit. <laughs> um, and then 3E, you don't know the depth of someone's power until their funeral. Mozart or that Darth Vader. That is also Vader. a line from Girls, <laughs> which uh, something tells me you don't get. Correct. <laughs> Joe, number four, is it a David Bowie song or is it a popular blog? Daring Fireball. Blog. That's correct. Yes. Black Star. Blog. That is a David Bowie song. Oh. Joe, you're as useless as Aquaman is to the Justice League. Damn. Moon Age Daydream. Bowie. That is correct. The Underwear Expert. Blog. Yes. Golf Sales. Blog. No. Wait, no. That, that was right, Ross. I just wanted to insult you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw you had to stop yourself from insulting me about it. <laughs> All right. And number five this is the last one of this round, sadly. Um, is this an overlooked composer or an important important World War I figure? Uh, Maximilian von Spee. World War I figure. Correct. Uh, Sir Michael Tippett. Composer. Correct. Franz Ferdinand. World War I figure. Uh, yes, but also oh, an excellent band. Also true, yeah. Um, and uh, Sir Christopher Craddock. Composer. That is a World War I figure. Ooh. Learn your history, you fool. I don't know why I did a little Mr. T there. I'm going to excuse myself <laughs> That right was now. Mr. T? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My brain just turned off. Um, and then E, Victor Ullman. Composer. Correct. Ooh. Joe, how's your self-esteem right now? Pretty high. Yeah, you did really well yeah. in that round. Our AI would like future guests to know that 
you will not be insulted. That is a special treat that it cooked up just for Joe. Jealous, everybody. <laughs> Julia, so jelly. how did Joe do in that round? Um, the AI is not good at mental math, so just give it a hot second. Um, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you got 1450 after that round. Yeah. You did pretty good for yourself, my dude. All those insults, and I'm still helping you get that. That is true. See, that, see how nice I am. We'll buy you some space cookout. It's fine. And oh, nice. pretty much, you just shattered all of the Vegas expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you bet twelve dollars on Joe at the beginning of business today, you are taking home seven hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> Joe, we've got one question left for you. It's a top 10 question, and each correct answer is going to get 100 points. According to a 2019 U.S. News and World Report article, which 10 countries host the highest numbers of U.S. study abroad students? Where do U.S. kids want to go? When they want to study abroad. I like want to tell my study abroad stories, but it involves, you can't do that I know, until it involves just the a countries. little bit later. What would be the worst place to study abroad, Julia? Florida. I mean, oh, my God. That, that is correct. That is the only correct answer. Like other other countries coming to Florida or actually, you know, it's basically its own culture. If If someone in the United States studies abroad, they're probably going to Florida. So, as I have mentioned on previous episodes, I am reading all of the Jack Ryan books. Yes. And... In it's a later book, but it's it happens third in the Jack Ryan chronology. <laughs> in Red Rabbit, there is a Russian defector, mm-hmm. which is also happening in the Hunt for Red October, which is book four. So, good job, Tom Clancy. Um, <laughs> but the the thing that they keep kind of promising him that he like can't even imagine is Disney World. They keep talking about Disney World, and they're like. Oh, this Russian's just going to have his mind blown. Because, you know, Russia in the 1980s, it was maybe a little bit, shall we say, Spartan in terms <laughs> of the living conditions. Just a little. And so they kind of, they they mentioned Disney World at one point, And he's like, I don't know what that is. And they're like, oh, let's tell you what Disney World is. And he's like, can there be such a place? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And so throughout the rest of the book, whenever they're like, we're going to get this guy out of Russia using our secret plan, they're always like, and when he sees Disney World, it's going to blow his mind. <laughs> like the CIA goes around thinking about Disney World all the time. So did Disney pay for an advertisement in this book? I That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> they don't ever say anything specific. They're just like, Russians can't imagine the spectacle that is Disney World, the decadence <laughs> that is Disney World. Um, can I go a little bit off tangent, speaking about both Florida and thriller novels? Oh, yeah. The whole Jack Ryan thing was not off tangent, but go ahead. <laughs> good. Um <laughs> So I learned this a while ago. So this is uh, back when I lived in Florida. And uh, there is this thriller author that my mom liked to read. Uh, I think her name is Joy Fielding. Um, So my mom was reading the book and it was like giving directions. It took place in Delray Beach, Florida, which is where we were from. And it was giving directions like a character was saying how to get somewhere. And it was saying like actual street names in Delray Beach that we knew. And so my mom was like doing the mental math of where the directions go. And she's like, wait a second. That's how to get to my art gallery. It was the exact roads you need to take to get to my mom's gallery. The The author was local. She knew my mom's place, and she just really liked us. That's so really she, sweet. She was gassing her up in that novel. I don't think she like mentioned the gallery at all, but I, I need to talk to her about it again. But it just still blows my mind that it was like the streets you need to take. This is why I am amazed that fiction writers are able to be in relationships because (laughs) like, yes, it's fiction, but it is usually stolen directly from something from real life. Oh, yeah. And so why would you ever date a fiction writer? Because if you like if you fart under the covers, that's going to show up in a novel. Ross, uh, are you speaking from experience? Have you written anything scandalous about Heidi? No, I write I write poems. And so I can just be like, if I'm writing about Heidi, it's a love poem. Cheesy. I know, right? But I'm going to keep telling her that and see if she buys. I mean. <laughs> uh, Joe, moving on. Uh, do, do you have some 10 answers for us I'm... for which 10 countries host the highest number of U.S. study abroad students? Oh, I've got some answers. 
Uh, first, do you want to answer what is the worst place to study abroad? I know I agree with you with uh, Florida. Florida. That's been answered. <laughs> okay, continue with your correct answers then. So first, I went with UK. Yeah, that's right? actually the number one, and where I went, <laughs> Australia. Uh, that is number eight. Oh, I'm surprised it's actually that far down. Then I want to move to France. Number four. Italy. Two. Brazil. Uh, nope. Ooh. China. Yeah, that's number six. South Africa. Nope. Oh, that was a gamble. Spain. Number three. Let's see what I have left there. Venezuela. Uh, nope. Germany. Number five. Is that all ten of your guesses? I think so. That was 10, right? Did I? I believe so. Yeah. Here are the 10 most popular places to study abroad, according to U.S. News and World Report. Number one, the U.K., number two, Italy, number three, Spain, number four, France, number five, Germany, number six, China, number seven, Ireland, number eight, Australia, number nine, Costa Rica, and number 10, Japan. Oh, I, you know, I had Japan. I crossed that off. I just... I thought the language barrier would be... A lot of people enough. are like, yeah. the you know, anime is enough to get... I was yeah. about to say, do you know how many weebs exist? Well, I need to go watch an anime, don't I, Julia? You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, after that round, you have 2150. That is a nice, healthy score. You did great. Thank it you. It terrifies me, Joe, that you have one of the higher scores ever recorded on the pod. <laughs> yeah, because I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, a lot. <laughs> As always, all of our questions were provided by our AI supercomputer, so if you think it made a mistake, shoot us an email at TriviaEscapePod at gmail.com or give us a shout on Twitter at TriviaEscapePod. You can let us know what's happening on Earth, which we are nowhere near. No, not at all. Or if you've got a great idea for a round or piece of trivia that you're dying to share, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so again, that email address, TriviaEscapePod at gmail.com. If you want to share any literature about space AARP, that's the email to use. <laughs> but I promise you, we've already got it in hard copy. In fact, it looks like the mail shoot just opened up and sent us up a few more catalogs. It looks like Harry Potter getting his first letters from Hogwarts Ex all at once. Except <laughs> all of the letters are about walkers and wheelchairs. So Magical. Mm, thanks. You know, another thing you can do when you write to the podcast is you can ask one question. Every week we will ask a non-trivia question of one of our guests, and we'll also have to answer it. This week, Jen Hill at CryptoSister on Twitter. Twitter asks, and this one's going to stun you, what is your favorite color? What a nice, simple little question. It feels like she's going for the throat here. It is a little delightful. Joe, what do you got? What's your favorite color? Poseidon blue. Oh, specific. Yes. I like it. You had that at the ready. Is this because I said that thing about Aquaman? Yeah, and I felt really bad for Aquaman, so I want to, you know, we share that same favorite color. No, I uh, painted uh, when I lived in Savannah, Georgia. Had my bedroom painted that color. It was very relaxing. Apparently, Poseidon Blue is the model of an HP laptop because I tried looking it up and uh, I'm just getting ads for laptops. Poseidon Blue is also someone's porn name somewhere, so let's not get Ooh. too excited. Not mine. Ooh, going into the deep. <laughs> I will say, though, my favorite color in the Crayola Crayon, crayon uh, 64 pack is Midnight Blue. I like it. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I enjoy yellow. Uh, pretty much any shade of yellow. And then as a second color, I like pastel blue. Well, Crypto Sister on Twitter, I hope you <laughs> are thrilled to find out these very, very revealing facts. And if you need a stripper name, we got you, Poseidon Blue. <laughs> so send us your questions and we'll ask a future guest these hard-hitting journalistic moments. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, we know you probably need to get back into your pod, but we always like to leave a little chance at the end of the show for our guests to talk about any events they've got coming up or any causes that are close to their heart. Well, I've got nothing. You know, I will say, you know, I um, the uh, the USO has always been good to me in the past, and I always kind of try to promote uh, people donating to them. They're all over the world. Anytime I ever need to kind of sit down, relax, make a phone call, watch football and zone out, they're always there for me. So, uh USO is a great organization. NC, USO, also great. A lot of great people over there. So if I could plug that, then that would be great. Uh, you can plug that, and you just did. So great job it. on that. Julia, what have you got coming up? 
Uh, I don't have any specific events coming up, Ross, but as you guys know, my uh, little tarot hotline is always available at 919-335-6084. So if you want to contact Tall Sunflower Tarot and ask any questions you may have, uh, help a girl out by affording her wedding. Uh, Also, I'm opening up little art commissions. I've done some cartooning for people in the past. I make little comics or just little caricatures. Um, If you want to check out my Instagram of Doodles by Jewels, uh, you can just see some of my little portfolio. And if you want to commission a little cartoon, hit me up. And if you look at our logo, that little rocket of me and Ross, I drew that. So if you want one of those, hit me up. And Julia, I know that uh, that's people who are interested in your tarot and your uh, your artistic ability. But for those of you who are interested in your serious uh, psych work, I heard that you're going to be appearing at maybe a national conference sometime soon. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's, if anybody listens in D.C., I will be in town August 6th through 9th. Um, because I have been accepted to the American Psychological Association conference for a poster about the Alzheimer's research I've been working on. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I forget that I'm like actually smart. <laughs> we don't forget that. <laughs> like, I'm I'm a student on top of this. I do the science things. If you are in the Raleigh-Durham Chapel Hill area of North Carolina and you love literature, come on out to the OK All Right Theater, uh, which is on the backside of Motor Co. February 8th at 7 p.m. We've got M. Randall O'Wayne reading with Joanna Penn Cooper in a little series I run called Bull City Press Presents. And, of course, always trivia at Linda's Bar and Grill, the down bar on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Julia and I are there every Tuesday, or one of us is there. Some combination of us is there. Unless I'm swamped with homework like I was last week. Oh, that's all right. Hashtag thanks, Ross. <laughs> you know what? I I got to have a little fun with another friend. Good times. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. As much as we've tried to batter your self-esteem, that's really why we invited you on, because you've been so cruel to us for so many years. And then, of course, you acquitted yourself beautifully. And I'm not going anywhere else. (laughs) And uh, I have it on good authority that we're going to be able to get you back on the podcast only next time. Abigail Armstrong, our guest on episode... Not my nemesis. 18 or 19, (laughs) she'll be on with you. Uh, so that'll be a good time. Maybe episode 17. I don't remember the episodes anymore. I know you do because that's on your laundry list and your technical notes. But Joe, let's get you back on your pod. And there he goes through the airlock. Thanks, man. Oh, Bye. boy. It's, you know what? We survived it, Jules. He forgot about the lawsuit. Our distraction worked. Sweet. Oh, look, he's pulling up. It's almost like he doesn't know that we dented his trunk. Shh, the, the dent was there before. Well, I feel like we've probably used all the oxygen in the room, so let's head back into stasis, Julia. All right. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. Trivi, trivia, escape pod. Just go ahead now. ba dip 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 ba d